feel fine but uh i am on the road podcasting from a hotel room today uh i don't have a ton of notes um i haven't had a shower <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in optimum shape but i think i think i'm ready to press ahead on this pod yeah i mean it's an audio medium i think you'll survive yeah yeah thank god it's not a a, a smelling medium i guess <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's not Wonka's smell-o-vision. Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> did that Wonka movie ever come out? Did anyone watch sure it? Sure did. Sure did. I mean, it looked interesting uh, enough to me. It seems like nobody watched it, based on the fact that I wasn't even sure if it came out. I mean, I don't know that I would be on the pulse of people who would go to see Wonka. Yeah, I guess. But I don't feel like I've ever heard anyone even discuss it. No, I've not heard it mentioned. Yeah, that's not a good sign for a movie. <laughs> Let's see. Um, do you want to take a guess as to the uh, worldwide gross of, uh, of Wonka? $63 million. Uh, let's see. According to you, box office... Uh, uh, that's your domestic gross guess, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, One hundred and ninety-five wow. billion dollars. That's great. Good yeah. for them. Worldwide, uh, over five hundred million. I guess it actually did better internationally. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any reference for those numbers in terms of what other things are doing right now. But that sounds good. Yeah. No, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we were wrong. Basically, it opened to thirty-nine million. If that helps. Yeah, it doesn't. But but uh, let's move on because I don't really care. I, maybe I'll see it when no, it comes me. to streaming. <laughs> me neither. I'm not going to see it even when it comes to streaming. So I'm yeah, good. it doesn't seem like um, your kind of thing. <laughs> you, should we jump right into the challenge? I feel like there's uh, like this is a pretty big episode that we we had last night. Yeah, a tragic episode, <laughs> you might say, based on depending on where you stand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if last week was Empire Strikes Back, this was just like, Empire destroys everyone. <laughs> this was the Jedi do not return. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, was, there was no returning of Jedi this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the Ewoks turn and stab the Jedi to death. Yeah, 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 yeah just rise of the Ewoks. I mean, I you know that's a shot. I guess that's a shot at Olivia. I didn't even mean it that way. But but honestly, this was. If we've been wondering all season, what what is the thing that's going to really turn the Olivia and Narice relationship? And we got there. 
We sure did. We sure did. D, I mean, it's weird. Like, we're talking, I mean, I guess it is the big turn in the Olivia DeReese relationship, but should it really be the big turn in the Olivia Horacio, like, relationship? Like, this woman spent all season going, I don't know if Horacio has my back. Yeah, you know no, it's I mean? both. When he completely did. Yeah. And then she literally just, like, directly caused his demise. I don't have a lot of faith in this based on what we know about the the current standing of those relationships but i sure hope that when olivia watches this back she's embarrassed because it's it's super embarrassing the way she's behaved um and it's ice cold backstabbing what she did in last night's episode there is no other way to describe that she ice cold backstabbed the people that she's supposed to be closest to the two people in the game that she is supposed to be closest to. And it was pure <laughs> self-preservation when, in fact, like, she probably could have not stabbed them in the back and and ultimately had the exact same result. Pretty much, yeah. I, I mean, I the only, the only possible excuse I think she could have right, would be the rough edit excuse, right? And, you know, that, like, I said a lot of things and they just took sort of the one thing I said, you know what I mean? And highlighted it. Which they, thing? They did the really thing, highlight it. The thing where she said, I'll choose you girls over anyone. Yeah. I, well, I'm playing for myself and all I'm thinking about is self-preservation. The, that, those yeah. But, yes. but I mean, that was not, none of that was informative. That was, it was all obvious from the behavior. Like, as soon as she didn't pick Norris, you knew there was a deal, right? Yeah, sure. So, like, you don't... She didn't have to say anything. What she did showed her, like, her game. I mean, she exposed everything she's she, she was doing just by her actions. She did not have to add the I was only thinking about myself part, we could tell. <laughs> we knew. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm not sure there's any favorable edit of that. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Uh, you know, I was hanging on to the fact that they really, they went back to that well. They did go back to it. <laughs> but because that, I mean, honestly, that is at, like one of the all-time ice-cold challenge backstabs it really is like yeah she's best friends with Norris and ride or dies with Horacio those are her people period full stop and and her alliance in this game which which by the way was literally talking about throwing her in earlier in the episode so that tells you where you stand with them like yeah well maybe that's why she made the team (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe that's maybe that's her out. You no, because mean? she has to know she's still, despite that, she's still on better standing with those people than Narice, Olivia. I'm sorry, than Narice, Horacio, or Kylan. Like Horacio or and Kylan right. are going in, right? All you have yeah. to do is make sure you're not. Is make sure you are the first of that group chosen, and I don't think that would have been that hard. Just talking to Colleen or Emmanuel, or whoever, or Berna, right? Like, you... She made deals with the wrong people. 
if she wanted to. She 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 could have have acted in her own self interest without utterly backstabbing the two people she's supposed to be closest to, and and then to to go through all that and make the choice you make, and then thirty minutes later talk about how much you regret it to Narisa's face is some bullshit, man. <laughs> And I like Olivia, right? Like I'm not yeah. I'm not not an Olivia fan, but like you did what you did and, and now you're going to be point, living you with that. Corey at that point, right? Like you, right. you got to you got to go the Corey route there. Just be like, I, I did, did what I did. It's ugly, but I did what I did to win the game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-oh. And you know what? Like <laughs> there's something respectable in that. You that's that's an approach. It may not be an approach that leads to lasting friendships outside of the game, but it is certainly a, a viable and reasonable approach to the. You challenge. don't see Johnny Bananas coming coming to Sarah and going, "Hey, sorry about that whole money thing." You know what I mean? No, I mean <laughs> it happens, right? Like backstabbing is part of this game, but to then act like you regret it immediately after, when you obviously like, it was not a snap decision. You made a deal. You like agreed to do a thing, and then you did the thing. It's not. It wasn't like everything got away from me and I made a snap decision and messed up. You you made a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't really want to hear about, you know, why she knew as soon as she said it out loud that it was the wrong choice. Like, you had plenty of time to reconsider. And then when Narice talked to her and was like, you know, my brother told me you were shady, but I stood by you anyway... And her takeaway from that is she was waiting for me to fail her, and that hurts my feelings. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong? Like waiting for you to fail her. She saved, literally saved your ass last week over the over her guy. You she specifically I mean? saved you with her eyes full of tears. She's had your back at every turn. What are you talking about? She's telling yeah. you like she now wishes she had she had like anticipated you failing her based on the fact that she was warned about it. She would have been well within reason to not trust you, but she did anyway. And then you screwed her. You screwed her hard. And, you know, I, I that brings us to, obviously, when, when they're walking into the elimination, I said to myself, Narice is going home unless somebody... Unless Horacio lets her win. But once TJ said only one competitor is going, I was like, well, he can't do that now because Kylan will just beat them both anyway. So I fully believe Horacio and Kylan were doing everything they could to their best. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, you know. And it's a. The puzzle was a real equalizer in this one. I mean, look, but that's the game. And I think what Norris did in that elimination was huge i mean obviously look it changes the game in a way that i don't like but to her credit it was a tremendous performance by her and it bodes really well for what she'll be able to do in a final you know it's 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 on the right path for final stuff it's doing final type things and being able to to bring that sort of edge to bear in puzzles against the best two competitors in the game by almost everyone's judgment Speaks well to her ability to do it in the final, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely true. You would have made Narice probably a, what, like a 50-to-1 underdog going into that elimination? Yes. Um, so, 
you know, obviously the fact that she, like, wanted, I don't know, fair and square is not quite right the word, like, just wanted full stop, you yep. know what I mean? Like, yep. was a deserved winner. Uh, not only does that bode well, but also, you know, when you look at the field that she's returning to, where the top two female competitors in the in the daily challenges got limited in the last couple of weeks, yep. where the top two competitors in the male challenges, really you could say the top three competitors got eliminated this week. Right. Uh, so uh, it's it's a weekend field she's going back to uh, uh, with a real chance to win. And I, by the way, I think this to me brings up our LVP for this episode for me, which is the producers uh, of this challenge. And and the reason I say that is for setting up a daily challenge uh, that A, was not very interesting at all to watch, and B, uh, played right into the skills of one J. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Allow all of this to happen. This really got me thinking about... Like, can they not change gears in terms of what the daily is? You know, they've got to have the setups ready for all these dailies. Maybe it's a location issue, you know, that like, I just cannot believe that if there was another option, they would have had a goddamn rappelling contest at a moment when Jay winning was really going to sort of torpedo the entire rest of the game. Yeah, see, but I go the other way because I think they wanted to make sure that they that they set this uh, you know decision chain in motion the way that it did. Maybe, so. but now moving forward, like I guess, yeah, I guess no, it's, it's a lousy final now. I, there, there's there's basically one person to report. Uh, but putting that aside, like you just don't have you got gassed out, James. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, and Jay and Emmanuel and Corey. I mean, I like, I think Emmanuel is the favorite now. Probably, yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Right? There's only one winner, so I I'd actually I might make Moroccan the favorite to be honest. Uh, well, uh, or maybe Nerese. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I can't think of of whether Emmanuel's particularly good or particularly bad when it comes to puzzles. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's not particularly good. Um, but honestly, like, <laughs> I'm not sure this was entirely her plan, but I think Olivia is right up there too. I was just about to say, I don't think you can count, I don't think you can count her out at this point. Like, she's, she's a big, strong girl that we've seen in the final. Like, you know, keeps on going. Yeah, she, know, so. she does not quit. And yeah, I mean, look, I I would I'd be rooting for Nerese or Emmanuel, that's for sure. Um I don't know that there's anybody else. I, I like Mariah. Uh I, I do think Mariah's got a puzzle problem. Um and also a water problem. So, you know, none of that's great. Uh but Oh yeah, I forgot about the water problem with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh but again, like Ed's gone. Horacio's gone. Kylan's gone. Is Jay our best? I mean, Emmanuel and Jay are probably our best remaining swimmers. So, yeah. like, it's not. I don't, the thing is, what, what the way that Narice made up time on the puzzles in that elimination 
there's nothing to suggest to me she could not do that in a final with all the people who are here because none of the people here look like they'd get such a prohibitive lead in the other categories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michelle's good at puzzles, I guess, right? Not yeah, but she's so thing. bad physically. <laughs> yeah, true. By her own admission, like, there's no... <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just going to be, like, like there are a couple people left, like, people like Colleen, um, who, like, I, I guess I wouldn't mind seeing win, you know what I mean? But yeah. outside of the race, there's no longer anyone left to root for it. I like Emmanuel. I like Emmanuel. And like absent the last couple weeks of insanity, I, I generally like Olivia. So like, I don't know. There's, but there's no doubt that virtually all the most interesting potential champions are gone. And that, yep. that's a bummer that, that can't be the way you hoped it would work out when you signed up this cast. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a look. It's a triumph of social game, clearly, you know. Like, you know, he's obviously he's the heel of the show, but like, Jay and Michelle have pretty much just run this thing from start to finish, and and they have put themselves in position to be here, right? Like, it's not an accident that no, this is where we you're landed. Right. So, I just wish, I just wish you have to give her credit on that score at the very least. Yeah. But even now, even this week, like some of the stuff Michelle says is mind-boggling. You know? Yeah, I'm not saying they're not annoying, but they're getting it done. You know, it is what it is. And like, I don't like, I don't like Michelle that much. But like the way he, the way Jay talks to her, makes me want to poop on his face. He's like, he's just. <laughs> He's really a repulsive individual, man. I, yeah, I don't it's, know it's how that he's right. Like he's doing this by build, generating friendships with everyone. Like I, I think that they're you know, and like I said, I came into the season I had no intimacy. You always kind of hated Jay. Like I didn't used to hate Jay. Um, so clearly, like I think there's a side of him that has to be affable and friendly and fun, or none of this would be possible. Right? So yeah, but that side is clearly not genuine, which is why I never liked him in the first place. Um, so anyway, whatever. Like people, I, people seem to be finding that out. For sure. Right. I don't know that he's gonna have such a easy time building a coalition when people watch this show, but whatever. I I don't I can't I've never been able to explain why people like douchebags, and it's one of the things that has like haunted my life. It makes me angry all the time, but it's a it's just a fact of life. Like douchebags are almost always extremely yeah. popular. Um, I'm gonna throw you. I'm gonna throw you a counterpoint, though, right? Like, Asaf is a pretty sincere guy for whatever his other faults are, right? Yeah, like he is, right? And not only was he like insanely loyal to Jay, and they're like, you know, right, like godfathers for each other's children and stuff or whatever, but like, Jay didn't turn on Asaf, man. Like, Jay was pretty crushed when Asaf left the game, right? So. Uh, I have no that doubt. That does seem to be real. I don't you know think I mean? it's real. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I know okay. what you mean. I don't agree with you. I don't think that's real at all. I think those are <laughs> crocodile tears from Jay. And I, I do not think he would have hesitated to turn on Asaf if the situation had presented itself conveniently. Um, so, you know, I, again, 
but I don't ever have to interact with him in real life, so it's none of my business. But like, uh, I have a good sense for these things, and that's right who that guy is. Um, you seem to still be friends in the real world, at, at the very least. Yep, okay, good for it. good for him, man. And and I like, I, if if you're godfather to each other's kids, I would hope you'd uh, hang with someone as likely some of their other friends leave. So um, it is what it is. Anyway, the point as it relates to the challenge is just that he's not a pleasant watch in any way. No, like, it's, a, it's a rough watch. I can hate Amanda, but she's great TV. You know, I can, I can be like, I've been annoyed or put off or had like a you know personal tv distaste for lots of challenge characters but they're usually entertaining and not just like yuck and it's just yuck every time this guy's on the screen and i i just think like i don't know man i think this show has to be real careful how much power they let this douchebag have i really do <laughs> that might seem over dramatic but like i cannot yeah. believe that there are that there is a preponderance of humans who would prefer to watch Jay on television than to watch Kylan on television. I just can't right. believe. Well, it. the the Rays have backed that up. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it, you're right. It might might be careful. Speaking of which, by the way, since you brought up Amanda, have you seen this? There's a uh, like a little yes. docu series. I think we YouTube? might need to watch it. The the to yeah. the home turf deal. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, look, I, I want to hear CT out. talk about being from the town as depicted in the film The Town. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, right? Right? So, like, was uh, CT yeah. uh, uh, one of the bases of, 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 of you know, say, Ben Affleck's character? <laughs> right. Know? Did he ever try to rob Fenway Park? You exactly. Know? Like, yeah, what, I need to know. <laughs> I want to know that. No, but uh, I, you know, I, I do think, for especially for these legends, like, this is something that that is is helpful to the challenge universe is just like Jay aside there's the next generation necessarily can't have the profile of of the the greats and keeping the greats involved as they age out of the high level competition i think is is uh extremely beneficial for for the universe yeah yeah, for sure. And you can't just be all-stars, I suppose. So. Right, uh, and I'm interested. I'm legitimately interested in Amanda going to work as a nurse in a prison. <laughs> yeah, what a, when she put on that uniform, I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I, right? And this is the point. Like, there's nothing they could do to get me to watch a Jay episode. Nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, other than true. pay me, I guess, for the right for the right price, I'd do it. But but like, there's nothing they could, there's nothing they could put in a preview to make me interested in what's going on in Jay's life because he's the not thing, an interesting character. That people do evolve over the course of this show, and like, there was a time, right? There was a time when you wouldn't. I mean, he was better television than Jay is now, but like CT was a pretty awful person at the start of these things, right? So I, um, I I would have said CT had a lot of growing up to do, and like, yeah, maybe you would even have said he's a bad person, but I was always a CT fan, so I would not have said that. And more to the point, again, that's not the point. 
I think Amanda is a pretty terrible person. Although, who knows? In her real life, maybe not. Yeah, see, I think Amanda is just like Amanda's aggressively playing the heel. You well, know what but, I mean? But it's not. It. I mean, yes, Whereas I know. I, just being a heel, right? That's I know what you mean, but all you're really saying is that she's not. Te- she's not awful. Like she's not terrible TV because we don't really know I these know. people. And what I'm saying is, she Amanda knows her role. Like. Yes. She knows the whole devil thing and she leads into it. Whereas yes. Jay is just being a devil. Exactly. That, and that's not just that's not just like she's good on TV, right? No, like but a, it's but there's it's, a self awareness there. But it's an awareness of the T V character. So it is kind of just she's good on TV. Because Jay <laughs> thinks he's the hero. Jay thinks he's Jay yeah. thinks he's Superman. And that's he the is, part of this, is he's Jay General Zod. He's the hero of this show. <laughs> and that's like I don't know. It just it's it's extremely reflective of a of a person in my view, um, and and it's just not enjoyable. Like it's like when someone isn't is is in the wrong movie. Like they're acting in a different movie than everybody else, sort of thing. You know what I mean? In a bad way. Um, so I don't know. And and whatever. I I'm I don't want to complain about Jay anymore. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Because, like, half of my notes are just stuff he said that's like, how dare you? <laughs> like, to me, the crocodile tears for Asaf had the same the same resonance and, and, like, legitimacy as the temper tantrum he threw about Norris ending up in elimination. This was never my plan. I never wanted this. Oh, my God. Now the one person I care about. Bro. Check out my notebooks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just, he's just, he's human garbage. Um, Ed. Uh, Corey, too, but especially Ed. H- how, did, how, 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 how could you let this happen? <laughs> how can, I, wait. How, what, how can Ed let what happen? The, losing. Oh, just just that he lost. He I'm jumping away from Jay. I'm I'm trying to divorce myself from talking about Jay. I'm just okay. talking about Ed, who we both had as a top three competitor to win this game. Yeah. He said it himself. I literally could have stepped off the platform, stopped the thing, said check, and just called it a day. Yep. Someone had already lost. I, I don't like. There's no excuse. The, I, I cannot make sense. Corey, at least, I already thought was an idiot. I cannot make sense of Ed doing the dumbest thing we have yet seen happen in this game. He wanted to win. Right? Like, you know, thought he what? Win. The daily. For what? To, be, to have the power. To what end? I'm not saying it was a. I'm not saying it was a good decision. I'm just trying to explain the motivation. Yeah, but to what end? Because it's the sort of power that doesn't even give you any power. I it's not like right. he's a guy that's won like three or four challenges. I think he's a lot lately. He likes winning. You know what I mean? That's dumb. To for the win. That's dumb. That's By dumb. By his own admission, it was dumb. I know, and yeah. and I'm saying like no that. it's just it, I can't wrap my head around making that stupid of a decision. Not to mention, by the time he actually blew it and slid off, he he already hadn't won. (laughs) Right? 
Like, if he slid right down the thing and fell off, it's like, all right, he gave it a shot and he blew it. It's a little more understandable. But he slid down at such a pace that he had clearly lost to Jay and and Horacio and even Kylan. And yet, he's diddling around trying to slide a few more inches at the end. For what? Uh, it killed me. Because I, as much as he has made some poor decisions in staying with that alliance, in my view, like, I love Ed. He's a breath of fresh air on this show. I thought he had a real chance to win it. And just like, it's one thing to get sent into elimination and catch a tough break. It's one thing to like, you know, if James had gotten sent home, right? As the first guy to do it, not really knowing what he's doing, like, I feel a little bad for him and I get it. But this, Ed, dog. It's, look, it's it's not unlike, you know, what the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder are about to go through in the playoffs, man. You know, like, it's the second season, and sometimes you got to learn to like to when to lay up, you know. What I mean? and yeah, that, that's, you, you know, you have to take those lessons usually with an L. I right? guess so. so. I guess so. I, I, I thought it was better than that. Right. You got to You got to lose a dumb game to the the, the Jazz or whatever. Would try to get <laughs> Carl Towns seventy points. Apparently right? so. You got. You, know? you have to have your coach. Be embarrassed of your behavior (laughs) in order to actually play like adults. Apparently, that's how it works. That's how it goes. So, uh, that's it. I I could definitely see him winning one of these these days. For sure. For sure. But this is definitely like as big of a nobody to blame but yourself situation as you'll ever see. Yep. Like you just, you absolute, and and I can imagine, even though I can't imagine the stupidity, I can imagine the moment of being like, probably about three inches before you hit the water, like holy shit, I just fucked yeah, myself uh, for fuck. absolutely no uh, reason. Fuck. I I have to say, even still, I was pretty surprised that he lost to James. Well, I guess Did as it turned like- out. Falling slower was worse. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe I just had the game wrong. Yeah, it was confusing. My wife and I had a whole conversation about that aspect, so I'm pretty sure that's that's what it was. Because it was confusing what when they were talking about like who fell the slowest versus fastest. Like it was hard to tell who who which side was better. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was whoever fell slowest uh, lost. Because Ed yeah, definitely this was this was a stupid challenge in a season full of many good ones. Yeah, and yeah, by the way, like I, I was thinking about it for Horacio, and it probably doesn't matter as much for James, but like tearing all the skin off of your palms and fingers is not a great thing to do before a challenge final. No, sure. How did they not at least or, have better or, gloves? Or, uh, hardcore elimination, for that matter. Right. How do they not at least have better gloves for that man? Yeah, that was weird. I, I uh, bat what probably the worst daily challenge of the season because it's been a good set of daily challenges. Yeah, we've been talking about obviously the D two called this field, but what did you think about just randomly adding an extra eliminated contestant in the middle of all of us? I mean, I love it. Other than the fact that it was eliminated contestants that I would have preferred to stay. But, like, we've talked about this. It's time. 
it's they got to cut it and they got to cut it fast. And I appreciate the way they're doing it because like these are very legit fi- uh, eliminations, man. I yeah, you know, like there was a bit of ringing of falseness to the to be the best you got to beat the best thing over the course of playing those champions because of the way it went down but if you're talking about like what do i feel like people have to prove to me to be a legitimate challenge champion those eliminations are a lot of it yeah i wonder if you'll see that format used more in the regular game going forward maybe Um, maybe. but i but it it i do i do like the I don't know. I, I I like that this is the elimination for this portion of the game. I think that part of this season they, they actually got right. Yeah. All right. Anything else you got? Or should we move on? No. No good burns this week that I noticed. No. A lot. No. I mean, there was some there was some anger at people's behavior, but uh, I think people were too upset to be clever. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the burns from here on out are going to be like, you fucking bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> exactly. Like, that's basically where we're at. So, uh. I mean, the trailer for next week sort of makes it seem like Reese finds her way into power. And then, uh, God, that would be motherfucks great. everyone. The problem, yeah, the problem with all of this is that there's no way to get Jay in. How are you going to get Jay yeah, through an elimination? Right. No, see, that's what I mean. Like, he has he has socially played this game so that he is completely insulated. And no one is going to – there's someone who's going to say he's safe, right, before you get to the last four. I would think so. I mean, I, you know, especially if Norris is going double birds to everybody because she would need to – do some political arranging in order to, even if she wins in order to get Jay in the bottom three. That's um, what I mean, right? So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Just got to count on him not being that good when they get to the final. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, right. You the know. move for her. And I, I, there's no way I see her doing this at this point would be to go to Olivia and say, if you want to make this up to me, you need to screw over Jay, right? Right. <laughs> that's, that's, right. That's that's the move for her to make, but I don't see her making that move. I don't think uh, she's like that super interested in or excited about making up with Olivia. So, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't think that one's going down, man. But she's kind of out of friends in the game, really, at this point now, right? So, um. What are you gonna do? I mean, I guess Jay's not mad at her, right? Like that's that's the best she's got. So yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, maybe maybe Mariah's her friend. Maybe Mariah doesn't seem real loyal to her though. So yeah, I think she's in she's in trouble. Yeah. Um, maybe she gonna win. So we'll see. <laughs> um, gotta do some winning. <laughs> do some winning. All right, where should we start on on the culture front? Was there something that really piqued your interest this week? Um. Well, well, let's start with the things that we're finishing, if that makes sense. Either one of them. Yeah. Probably sure. Um, all right. Well, we'll start with Fargo because I wrote that one down first. Um. I just thought this was a tremendous season of television. Um. 
from really from start to finish, honestly. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people are talking about, you know, I guess the Fargo discourse, right, is that season four was a dud. I don't really remember it that way. But I feel like there are a lot of people that are like, oh, this is we're really back to the spirit of like the first season or two. Uh, and I think there's some of that, but I also think we're really telling a, a story about modern America, but that completely fits into the 96 mold of, you know, co- of the original movie Fargo, right? So yeah. I, I'm just here for all of it. And I, uh, I thought that uh, John Hamm and Jennifer Jason Lee yeah. uh, were tremendous, and as tremendous as they were, uh, Juno Temple. My God, <laughs> I, I feel. I didn't know she had that in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel really good about the early stock that I bought in Juno Temple. I she's so good. She's just so good, and she could do basically anything. She's charming. She's funny. Man, I I, I love her and. To me, I, she's doing she's doing accent work on top of accent work. I know, you know I, I mean? know, it's and it's so good. And she's doing such. So, I mean, if you just compare, just because it's you know the easiest, quickest thing I thought of, this character to the, her Ted Lasso character, just like I don't know, there are those actors and actresses who bring certain when you can play two such totally ridiculously different roles and and there is something about your star power that comes through in each of them i don't know that's something i don't totally understand how it works but i think it's remarkable and i don't yeah i don't it's hard for me to be too into the year-to-year discourse of a show like this because first of all it's takes a while and i don't i don't feel like i have a, a strong enough grasp on the nuances uh, the, the the stylistic nuanced differences between season one and season three as i'm watching season five you know um so i don't really care about that but i, I do think this was just excellent television and it did feel of a piece with the movie to me, which of course I have seen a lot of times and remember better. Yeah. It's, and I think it's just amazing. You know, the Coen brothers are not really involved in any actual way in all of no. this. And yet, yeah. <laughs> no. And I mean, that's a credit to Noah Hawley, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. however many years ago it is now, Noah Hawley was probably sitting in his basement watching Fargo for the 47th time and was like, man, I really, I really get this vibe and I feel like I could do a whole TV show of this vibe. And then he did five whole seasons of it. And I don't remember any of them being uh, anything other than great. And it's not just like I can take this vibe and make a TV show. I can take this vibe and make it season of television that, you know, grasp this idea of like, what it is to be an American and what is like, like the American militias, the role of, of women and, and, yeah. these, and these, you know, 
in marriages and, and, you know, there's this, you know, you look at the, uh, you know, the sheriff's marriages where these women are like nakedly viewed as property in almost a, a biblical way and how it's not really that different from, um, the cop's marriage in which she's like, you know, it's much more modern, you know right. what I mean? But, but it completely fails her as a woman, you know, and she needs to leave it to find the agency. Right. Like, so it's, yeah. uh, you know, and then on top of that, you just have like, you know, like random, you know, wooly monk. Yes. You know? <laughs> and like, that shouldn't work, and yet it does. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I, I think it's Ola Munk. Ola Munk, yeah. <laughs> You're a resident of Minnesota. You need to be able to pronounce all these these things. <laughs> Is Ola Munk an actual Minnesota? Like, I don't think this, he was supposed to be a resident of, of the state. So No, I mean, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a whole, we could go down a whole rabbit hole discussing exactly what that guy's place in the story both literally and thematically are um he was spectacular by the way as well uh just yeah sad it's over um but but i did i did think this was a going out with a bang sort of a season for sure yeah 100%, 100%. and and to your point vibe may have been too casual a word because you know what he re- what noah holly really did is he he captured not just the vibe, but the intensity and depth of a Coen Brothers masterpiece <laughs> five times over five seasons of television. It's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, that is that is that is something. Um, and even even if when it went off the rails a little bit, it was always good. You know what I mean? It was always entertaining. I think. Yeah, and and, and let's not forget that like going off the rails is a a big part of a lot of the Coen Brothers work. So. You know, I think fair that enough. is that is in keeping with the spirit as well. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, all right. What about beef? Because beef, um, it's what's for dinner. It's, it is what's for dinner. <laughs> it's what's for dinner. Um, this is a show like that. I I watched two of when we reviewed it. I think initially, and then just kind of left behind. Yep. Uh, and. Um, you know, obviously it won a bunch of Emmys since then, and I was like, yeah, maybe it's time to go back and revisit it. And I was kind of, I mean, obviously I do. There was, you know, there were more episodes, and there was going to be more beef between these two. Um, but the places that it went to, the links that it went to, uh, and the resolution of said beef, I found all to be, uh, both gripping and shocking. If that makes sense. I totally agree. I Okay, so let's 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 start with I think I had watched 3. Um and I went back to it cuz you told me to. <laughs> so <laughs> um we were very much in the same boat uh in terms of how we watched this show. Um It felt like after two or three episodes, this was going to be a slightly moralistic tale about, um, you know, where our focus is in a variety of ways in modern America. Um, yeah. 
And I think what it turned into was instead something a lot more like the sorts of shows that we have loved on this podcast that have been much smaller and often British shows. Um, <laughs> like the Maisie Williams one that was called like two weeks later or two weeks after or something like that, where there's a dead guy. The the uh, the end of the fucking world on Netflix that we really liked that was just like mayhem. But what it ultimately comes down to is within the mayhem, people being people and finding people that they understand at a spiritual depth in some weird way. Yeah. And I thought that and was like just man's need for spiritual connection. Yes. You know? And, and the lack thereof in modern society, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a much more interesting show than the one I imagined it would be when I watched two or three episodes of it. So bravo. Um, also though, uh, maybe hint at where you're headed a little earlier. Not, not like, cause had this show, like, here's my point, right? I don't mean hint. I, like, I'm not saying give away the end point. But, like, I do feel like in some ways it wasn't just that we didn't see the ending coming. It was that the tone and tenor of the show changed dramatically between the first oh, yeah. four and the second, what, four? Or was it ten? Whatever. Basically, first half, second half of the season were kind of two different shows, thematically speaking. And... And I guess maybe that was the goal, but I was really close to not getting to the the good part, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would be my only criticism, fair. but in, I, I, that may have been done totally deliberately, so I don't know if it's even a, a criticism per se, just like, uh, careful now, because I'm glad I watched this, but I almost didn't do it, um, even after right. watching and the that, first couple. That may have been somewhat a result of the business model, right? Like, that yeah. you're like I'm giving you half hours of, uh, uh, shows on Netflix, they're gonna flow right one right into the other, and you're just gonna keep going, you know. And my perhaps, right? so. but I'll say this too like, because of Netflix's uh, more like uh, philosophical business model of late, I had no trouble believing that this show would be pretty mediocre and uninteresting, <laughs> That's you know. Fair. So, like, if you're gonna throw. It's it's almost like I need to I need a I need a uh, whatever the opposite of a trigger warning is to be like no 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 this is a this is a real one, um, and I don't know maybe they don't know but I kind of feel like they do, uh, and maybe that's not I mean, beneficial but like I just I hate to think that this show could have gotten lost to the sands of streaming for me in the way that so many other shows that I'm confident I I don't need to waste my time with have. Yeah, well, it certainly feels like the kind of show Netflix used to make and no longer does, right? Right. Like, it feels more in the, and again, not necessarily a similar show, but in the, like, level of prestige and and interestingness with shows like Maniac. You remember that one? Yeah, well, and it's from a lot of the people that worked on Master of None, right? So I think it actually is sort of a relic of uh, that era of Netflix, you know what I mean? Right, right. Maybe that's the case, and and I don't need to worry about this problem moving forward. But, uh, you know, I thought it. I I I really liked it. Is the point? And Ali Wong and Steven Yeun both both gave really nuanced performances that could have easily been just like over the top, angry person performances. Uh, so yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, 
uh, you know, for Ali Wong as a person you don't necessarily think of even as an actor, uh, um, obviously she's done plenty of acting, but like, you know, um, it, it's a incredibly nuanced role. And, and I think there's a lot of really good work done by a lot of the supporting people. Yeah. Um, you know, like that, that's a, a really, uh, emotionally, heavy role for, I believe it's Paul is the name of the character, Stephen, Stephen's brother, Stephen Ian's brother. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and for her husband. Yeah. yeah. Um, but really, really interesting. And then there's the uh, the sort of caricature roles that I thought were also done really well by um, one woman whose name is escaping me and another who I don't know her name, so shame on me. <laughs> uh, but I will look them up right now. Um it was Ashley Park who played Naomi, the uh, yeah, and then Maria Bello who plays the the rich, who plays Jordan, who you know, about spoiler alert, eventually hooks up with Naomi. <laughs> yes, but but she's just she's deliciously over the top throughout yes. the whole business, um, and I mean, people will know her from ER or. A variety of other television appearances. Yeah, she's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. This point. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely. If you if you skipped out on beef uh, and you haven't been enticed back by all the Abby buzz, <laughs> then uh, I, I strongly recommend a revisit. And it's it's, a, uh, yeah. it's heavy, but it it does go fast if you know it's like it's, it's not there's not a lot of screen time necessarily that's so you, you know i'm glad you said it's doable. heavy because it's undeniably heavy but but it's also like it it has that it's like light heavy it's it's i don't know this never verges into even the the ballpark of bad time tv like it's yeah it's well, intense yeah, yeah, it's intense and and there are heavy topics and themes, but like it moves and it's fun in its own way and like I don't know. It, it it's really good. It's really good television. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like, you know, those guys get chased through a casino after they uh heckle Amy's TED Talk. You know what I mean? It's like silly fun, you know? Um the half the things that happen in the, you know, in the ravine are, you know what I mean? Um, are are silly fun? You know what I mean? The general hatred between the two main characters is often just silly fun. So um, it uh, and then it turns into something else, and it's uh, yeah, like it's it's quite a revelation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to um. We have sexy beast. We have this two the, new uh, things, and you already yeah. told me. You have a one-word review for one of them? I mean, I said I could review it in one word, and if I was going to, it would be why. Why Why does this exist? I wish you would why let me guess, because that was going to be my guess. Yeah. Um, because this is because bad would not, I think, be an accurate one-word review. No. Um, it just feels pointless. <laughs> right. I, like, I think if we just... Like, okay... I watched the first two episodes of Sexy Beast and like it's a moderately entertaining moderately comedic like crime drama. Fine. Right. Um let's zoom out. And I think 
the fundamental question, which I, I think is the uh, logical extension of your one-word review, is why are we marrying our perfectly decent crime show to a somewhat cult classic film from 20-something years ago? Yeah! <laughs> yep. And, and, and unlike something like the first two episodes, right? Unlike and, and by the way, like in that movie, and granted, I've not seen that movie super recently. in twenty-seven years. Yeah. Uh, probably more recent than that, but it's been a minute. Um, I dare say, I would bet it's more than fifteen. Maybe, but the point is this: yeah. I don't remember. The background of the relationship between these two guys being super important. I mean, spoiler alert for the film, Sexy Beast. What happens in the movie is one of them shows up all jacked up and crazy, goes nuts for half an hour, and then gets murdered and buried under concrete and isn't in the rest of the movie. And, like... All you really need to know for that to work in the film Sexy Beast is like these guys have some history and this yeah. one's a crazy person. And so like there's not a there's there's no critical backstory to mine and I just don't think the collective memory of Sexy Beast cares what happened to these guys beforehand. It's at best two words that you've put in the title so as to get people to watch the first two episodes. And like, I don't know how anyone could watch the first two episodes and come away wondering anything other than why this? <laughs> Cause like this could be anything. It could be anything. You could have taken these actors and these writers and let them write about anything. And I imagine given that freedom, it would have been better. Right. Right. Cause this is, is it much? Whatever this is so far, uh, right? No, I mean, and it, and it may develop into again a perfectly good, like crime drama thing. Like there's some heist stuff going on, fine. But you're also then doing all this exposition about a story nobody cares about, right? right. Instead of maybe, like an original, sexy beast is is less culty over there. It clearly seems like this is made in England, right? Like it's not just that it's set there. So, you know, maybe they, maybe that IP is worth more uh, across the pond, and we're not realizing it or something. Yeah, I guess. I but like, I mean, just to I use an like example there's... again of something we've seen recently that has a lot of the same thematic elements. Like, isn't Bad Sisters a a UK show? Sure, but is it based on? That Bad Sisters is based on a previously existing UK show, is it? Oh, is it? I'm not sure. Or it isn't. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, what I guess I'm saying is, like, why... why like, I feel like they could have found a more interesting story in the, in the backstory of, like, any of the Guy Ritchie movies. <laughs> you know, right. You know what I mean? No, I mean, well, that's what I'm essentially saying. I, I picked Bad yeah. Sisters because, like, it's... Yeah, it is based on something. A book, I think. Okay. Um, but but like in but it's at least it's a book that hasn't been developed before. 
Right. I don't know. Right. Like, I, I just don't know why. Yeah, why? That's uh, We probably should have just stopped there. <laughs> right. We could have just done it. have just done with why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, right. I guess the... The the if you wanted a more of like a review of the show, then I would just take everything we said about death and other details as a like mystery drama and change out the word mystery for crime and it's basically the same. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I, it, it it's watchable. Um but it's not particularly compelling or original and I don't understand why we're doing it. I yeah I don't know I yeah I found definitely other details at least to be it's cuter so it's fun. more fun yeah. yeah it's more fun it's it's easier for me to just hang out in that world even if I don't think it's like a, a world of consequence sure it's, sure it's this is this is also not a world of consequence but it's kind of dour you know what I mean it's dour but it's not unentertaining mm-hmm. I don't know it has its moments uh, like uh, but again. I, I think that's sort of a mileage may vary. Do you prefer a uh, heist crime drama or a mystery, a cutesy mystery drama? But like, they're operating in the same sort of level of things to me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's level up and talk yeah. about American fiction. <laughs> yeah. So you got to the theater to see this one, huh? I assume you also went to the theater. I did, of course, yes. Uh, how I think that's the only option. How crowded was the theater? Yeah, I'd say there was about ten to twelve people in it. Yeah, it was mine an was eight thirty p.m. showing on a on a weeknight, so not like prime right. time. Right, mine was six twenty on a weeknight, and it was probably double, double or triple that, which is to say, uh, not full by any stretch of the imagination. But there were some people. It, it just felt good to be laughing in a theater with people again, um, and this movie had a lot of laughs. It's it's this was the sort of movie that tells subtle jokes that get huge laughs, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like there were just so many clever little pokes at American society and the absurd way that we handle race in general. Yeah. And and media and yeah. and many other things, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh I thought this was brilliantly written. Relationships, yeah. You know. Brilliantly written, brilliantly acted. Just altogether excellent. Yeah. Like, no notes, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, it was... Um... I, and honestly, I even thought... And I don't I don't want to spoil it. But the approach to the ending was particularly original and clever. And I thought... I mean, I guess it's easy to say this in retrospect. But in retrospect, it does feel like the only way for the movie to end. Yeah, honestly, in a way, you kind of can't really spoil it, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess not. But I still don't want to. I still don't want to uh, take away any of the surprises there. So, um, just go see this movie; it's great. And if you yeah, can't go to the theater, then see it when it comes out on streaming. Like everybody in America should see this movie. Ideally, they won't, but they should. And all the all you know all of the acting nominations that it's gotten, um, richly deserved. Um, and I kind of, I actually almost have a question. Um, and and I don't, it's almost going to sound like an insult, 
and, and I don't mean it that way. I really like Gordon Jefferson, and I think it's a really well-directed film, but I almost wonder, like, how? Like, yeah. how did someone with literally no experience directing a movie, <laughs> like, make a movie that's good? Like, is are the guardrails in place like that? Like that? Well, that's a, you know what I mean. Like that, you can get these performances. It's beautifully shot. Like it, I, you know what I mean. Like you never guessed that this person had never made a movie before. Yeah. Well, I, I probably cannot answer that. Um, in in our time here, <laughs> but he did do, I want to say it was the Simmons pod. Um, yes. Yeah. He did. He did Bill Simmons. And he answered a lot of those questions, but I don't think he's like, like he's never, he, I don't even think he's directed television. You know what I mean? So, uh, right. Like he mostly wrote on shows. He did, but I think when he, he became a producer, like he rose to the level of you know producer or supervising producer on a lot of that stuff, which I think at least gives you the opportunity to get a good idea of how directing works. And um, I believe he also talked about directing like smaller things. Um, I can't remember if it was commercials or something. Um, so like it's, I, I believe he had been behind a camera before, even though he had not been like a listed director as a in a film or television show. Yeah. Well, but either way, none of that really answers the question because the, the answer I think is really just some people are good at stuff. Yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> I don't think it's. I like I so. we can point to to where he picked up some tools of the trade, but like. Plenty of good directors have a have are better prepared and make worse first movies. He's just really good. I think he really understands story. Just well, that story too. In general, right? You know I what think I mean? and that, that's, that's that's the other game. part too. And you know, just as someone who listens to a ton of long form interviews with people who write and direct and act in movies, I think many of the best directors, especially those who don't come from like the pure film school directing background that, that, you know, some do what a lot of people say, I Greta Gerwig, I've heard say this is that what's important is that you know what you want to do and that you hire really good cinematographers. Yeah. Because if like, if the camera is not your expertise, like know what you want it to look like and hire someone who can make it look like that. So, you know, I would imagine Cord Jefferson also would give a lot of credit to his cinematography. 100% thank I think in that interview he did. Um, but I mean, yeah, and I think it takes a certain vision, right? Like, it wasn't like like the the writer of the novel upon the, the, the movie's based on, like, gave him the rights, just gave them to him. Because he's like, I don't think there were people, you know, banging down the door to turn the story into a film, right? Like it takes a certain vision to be reading this and recognize that it could make a really great movie. Um, yeah. And you know what I mean? So. I, I agree. And yeah, it's just, it's just really great, man. It's just really great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, go see it. And uh, yeah, uh, there's so many things I want to mention that I won't. Um, but I, 
I just loved it. Are you going to try to watch the rest of the Oscar movies? Like, how many Best Picture noms do you, <sighs> do you have you seen so far? I, I meant for us to talk about this in our pre-show discussion. Um, I have seen The Holdovers and American Fiction and Barbie and Maestro and Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. So I've seen half of them. And I think you've all, seen all the, the same ones we ones. did on the show, basically. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen any of the others? <laughs> uh, let me see. I don't it's think It's Four so. Things, Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, The Zone of Interest, and Oppenheimer. No. I haven't seen any of those other ones. I'm definitely going to watch Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably, I'm probably going to try to play them out because I would like to really like to see past lives. Uh, and I've heard zone of interest is tremendous. So, um, um so yeah, I, point, I know the least about zone of interest. I think, um, I guess it's Nazis, huh? Uh, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that makes me slightly less excited. Uh, the commandant of Auschwitz and his wife Hedwig strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden next to the camp. Yeah. But like I said, I heard it's great. So, um, right. You know. uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't watch it. I'm just telling you what it's about. Um, Fair enough. A lot of. <laughs> Mark Marin keeps talking about um, how Barbie and Oppenheimer are both fundamentally Jewish films. Um, so there's a third in the uh, in the in the best picture nominees. Uh, I, I I think trying to watch them would be a good objective for this podcast, and and I think that starting with Oppenheimer is probably our best bet. But I don't think we're doing that this week. No, I don't we, think we got a month streaming yet, right? Yeah, I was gonna say it's not streaming yet. So you can buy it. <laughs> you know, you can. You can rent it on streaming, I think, for an exorbitant fee. But no, I don't think it's uh, free streaming anywhere yet. Yeah, but that is coming, and I think before the Oscars. So we, will, I think, pretty sure we will get there. Yeah, I mean, we can try to figure out how to see the other four as well. Um, I again don't know a ton about most of them, and of my uh, the 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 movies that I have seen, I gotta say, all five of them. Maestro is clearly the worst, but they're all five pretty good movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, Maestro's the worst, but I kind of expect to see the, you know, biopic in there. Um, I I would have a hard time choosing between the other four. I, I really liked them all, and they're all very different films. Extremely different. It's going to be an interesting race. Yeah. Um, which I, you know. <laughs> but I'll say this. I feel like, you know. For the last however many years, I, I, I've rarely found four films within the Best Picture category that I all think are deserving, and I'm already there having only seen half of them. So yeah, maybe this was a better year for movies than we thought. <laughs> I think it's right. It's indicative of, right, we didn't see a lot of movies this year, but that was more about us not going out to theaters than I think than it was the movies that were available, whereas in past years, there just weren't that many movies. Yeah. 
are. Yeah, uh, and I do think when that rather explainable reasons. Right. Unfortunately, I think that's reflective of the entire movie-going audience, which does not bode well for uh, the movie theater industry. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, let's try to watch as many of these as we can, and we'll uh, assign them for homework as we move through. Yes, but not this week. We have different homework for this week. Yep. All right, we are. We're gonna watch a bunch of things, um, some of which I've already seen, so I'm excited about that. Obviously, uh, more challenge uh, for next week. Uh, we're gonna check out the uh, Apple TV show Masters of Air uh, as we head back to World War II with the fighter pilots this time. Uh, I believe Austin Butler is your your big star there. Although, Elvis. Uh, Elvis in the skies. Yes. Yes. I believe Although, they did try uh, that like in the '60s, and I don't I don't know if it worked well. My uh, my guy from uh, from Saltburn, uh, <laughs> makes, makes Barry Kewen. Well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with a with a, a really different accent this time out. Enjoy that. Um, uh, we're also going to watch Mr. And Mrs. Smith, the Donald Glover adaptation, um, which uh, originally right was going to. Um, I forget it was really now, but now it's my Erskine. It took a while to get that one to the screen, but uh, uh, the reviews have been very good, and the trailers, I think, look pretty good. Well, and uh, it's, we're all... like, it's a Donald Glover project, just to be clear. It's not just him starring in it. Um, he co-created it, and uh, it was Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it was. And it was originally going to be, right, like them co-writing it. Yes, but uh, that didn't work. <laughs> Creative differences. <laughs> um, so then I think Donald Glover uh, finished writing it with uh, a lady named Francesca Sloan. And uh, Maya Erskine is the co-host. And honestly, look, I would have been excited about Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Donald Glover. But based on what I've seen in the preview the way their chemistry looks, I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, and that is on Amazon Prime. Correct? So, yes. Um, yeah. All right. So the show uh, on Netflix, uh, which is actually uh, three seasons, it's been out a little bit, called Louder Milk. Um, it's uh, uh, from Peter. I believe it's Peter Fairley, one of the Fairley brothers. Pretty sure it's Peter. Uh, and starring Ron Livingston. Um as a uh, former music critic who uh, now is running a rehab group um, in Seattle. And uh, he's a curmudgeon. <laughs> and some other stuff happens. Some Ron Livingston curmudgeon. Uh, yeah. I am sold. And I. this is one of those that, I mean, everybody has this, I think. Like Netflix just all of a sudden starts selling you shows and – you think it's new and then you find out you like start to look at it and you're like, Oh, this came out in 2017. Um, so I'm kind of just interested. Uh, I think it's because Netflix recently purchased it, but, but ultimately like why me and why louder milk? Let's find out. Yeah. Like they're trying to shit streak it basically. Right. Yeah, like, hey, exactly. You, you missed this and we found it and we think you like it. And, and by the way, um, if it's good, yeah. uh, thanks Netflix, you know? So let's see. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, so we're doing that, and then uh, there was one more, right? Did I forget one? Uh, yes, yeah, Self Reliance, uh, which is the 
Jake Johnson movie that we I think I've maybe mentioned once or twice on this pod, or maybe we've definitely mentioned it to each other. I'm not sure we've ever <laughs> mentioned it on the pod, but it's uh, written and directed, I believe, by Jake Johnson. Yeah, sorry, um, I, did, I, not, I didn't just mean starring Jake Johnson, although it is definitely doing that. Yes, um, uh, which you know also stars Anna Kendrick uh, and some other favorites of mine like Natalie Morales. I'm I'm excited to watch this. It sounds weird. Yes, and. And speaking of Shit's Creek, Stevie is in it as well. That means um, nothing to me, but but let's go. Oh, you didn't watch Shit's Creek? Not enough to know who Stevie is. She was a pretty big character on the show. <laughs> is it is it Mary Holland? Uh, I don't know her real name, but I think that sounds right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, those are the shows we're watching. So, Masters of Air, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Louder Milk, and Self-Reliance. That's your homework. Oh, plus the challenge, of course. And um, we'll do this again in a week. Hopefully, I'll be in my normal place. Okay, bye! This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed, the light's out. Butter's getting hard, the eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor, have yourself a tremendous evening.